Patronodons. I'm Abby. And I'm Ellie. And this is the Queers for Fears podcast. But you already knew that because you're a Patron... Uh, nope. You're a Patronodon. <laughs> you're a pterosaur. <laughs> you're a... <laughs> I like tripped over that word. Anyway, uh, so today... Um, Alright, so Annie, our latest page, Patronodon, uh, wants... At first, was like I would love a Columbus, uh, a spooky Columbus episode, and then sent another message on Patreon that said, "Actually, Columbus is boring." So I'm quoting Annie. This is not my opinion of Columbus. I just need to make that clear. To At everyone. first, I thought you meant like Christopher Columbus, and I was like, "Is genocide not spooky enough I, for you people?" I don't know. Okay, so, Columbus, Ohio. Um, and then Annie sent a follow-up message and asked if we could do an episode about deer cryptids. So, Annie, this is your episode about deer cryptids. Deer-based cryptids. Huh. Uh, so that is what I am doing for the low, low price of $3 a month. <laughs> um, so the, f- uh, also just want to give a quick white people disclaimer uh, many of the cryptids that I found were from were from roots in uh, indigenous lore, and so I am white. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, I also wanted to start with one common animal that used to be thought of as a cryptid, but then later got named as an animal, and that was the okapi. Yes, so the okapi, or the forest giraffe, um, is a blend of a zebra, donkey, deer, and antelope. So genetically, its closest link is the giraffe. But, of course, Europeans in the 18th and 19th century called this the quote-unquote African unicorn. And uh, Africans were like, bruh, that's an okapi. And white people were like, it's a unicorn. So, you know. <laughs> and Africans were like, please don't make this weird. Yeah, please stop. Uh, this is just like apparently the very first uh, like pl- stuffed platypus specimen that was sent back to ye olde country. Uh-huh. Like everybody thought it was a hoax because they were like, this, this seems fake. And of course, <laughs> Aboriginal Australians were like, it's no. just a platypus. Please it's don't make this weird. just a mammal that lays eggs. Sit down and it's shut up. It's a monotreme. Sorry, you've never fucking heard of it. God. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Okapis are really hard to find, and they're really shy creatures. So for this, like, this sort of added to the mysteriousness of them. As someone who has been mistaken for a unicorn more than once, I can understand its shyness. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Dating apps. But, um... um they were until 1901 when Sir Harry Johnston found an okapi skeleton and skin and sent it to the British Museum were they classified as an actual new species. So they were cryptids for a while, but then proven not <laughs> to, to white be people, because again. white people were like, it's a unicorn. Imagine being so stupid that you think a unicorn has two antlers. Obviously, Noah left them behind. Obviously. It's in the Bible. People read need it. to read a damn book that's not the Bible, <laughs> is what I'm getting. Uh, okay. 
Um, next one is the Deer Man, which is... I don't know. We have, like... <laughs> which is what you call a himbo in polite society. Ma- oh, you Deer Man. <laughs> a Mothman sounds cool, but a Deer Man, I'm like... Ooh. So you jump in front of cars at night? Just looks startled all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah, deer literally always look like they like just fell out of space and like are figuring it out as they go along, which they, they did. Ellie. Relatable. They did. Um, so the deer man is a cryptid whose legend or originates in some North American folklore, and sightings of the deer man have been reported from several different states. Um, there's Obviously, very in typical cryptid fashion, there are some variations in the descriptions given of the deer man. And he is a hybrid animal. He has the anterior head of a stag, a human's torso, and legs described either... Some people describe them like a man's leg or a, or a deer leg. I was worried so. it was going to be like, well, like rippling with muscles. Like it was going to be like someone who's really horny for this deer man. Decided oh, what his legs look people like. People are definitely for, horny for this deer man. Um, other accounts say, oh, see, it says it is usually said to be well muscled and surprisingly fast for its size. Yep. There it is. There it is. We sexualized it. Uh, other accounts say that the beast has the power to transform itself from a regular deer into a half man, half deer. Wait. So. Oh, so sometimes it's a deer and And sometimes it looks like that. And some and people have apparently seen it transform to know this knowledge about it. Uh, Probably at Electric Forest, but that's none of my business. It was seen, Annie, it all circles back. Are you ready for this? It was seen in Ohio. Hey. <laughs> uh, by an unnamed 14-year-old witness playing at his cousin's house near sunset when he said that he saw a creature coming out of a bush He says, quote, it was getting dark and I was the one searching. I heard leaves crumpling. And when I turned to look, I saw what looked like a deer on its hind legs. I clearly remember seeing dog legs running, but the rest of its body was straight up and it ran with incredible speed. And I knew it wasn't either of my cousins hiding. I ran as fast as I could back to the house and one of my cousins was running in too. He said he saw the same thing. It still creeps me out to this day because my uncle always told us how weird uh, things were spotted on that property. I I looked up Deer Man to see what this looks like, uh-huh. and I found a website called Julie and Mark, and they sell a fucking, like, 200-pound bronze sculpture of a Deer Man with a f- bitchin' six-pack drinking a <laughs> cup of coffee. Amazing. And it costs... Do you want to guess? A thousand dollars. You might be right because it's in Australian dollars, and I don't know how many Australian dollars is are. Okay, hang on. Six hundred twenty Australian dollars. They're stronger than the U.S. dollar. Aren't they? Oh, then it could be. Oh no, they're weaker than the U.S. Oh. dollar <laughs> for the low, low price of four fifty five eighty nine USD. Okay, but I have to ship it to here from Australia. Oh my god, that would be so expensive. Yeah, so a thousand dollars. Hang on, I'm going to calculate. Fight me. Okay, you do that. I'm going to keep going. Oh, you can only en- inquire with an E. Oh, man. Yeah, no, it makes you send an email. No, I just, I want to know how much the hot beer <laughs> sculpture costs to get to my house. I don't actually want to do it. Damn. All right, carry on. Wait a second. Oh, my God. 
They have a collection of miniatures of different anthropomorphic sculptures. See, here's a dog man and a bunny woman riding a bike. Together? Yeah. Oh. I don't know what's going on here. I'm going to stop clicking on this. This okay. is not good for my soul. All anyway. Right. <laughs> Carry on. In 1993 in Hawkinson, Delaware, <laughs> another encounter took place. Uh, this time from an eight-year-old witness. Again, conveniently unnamed. Also, conveniently eight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're a minor or whatever. I don't know. Uh, who was staying with their grandparents that said, quote, it was right there, like almost pressed against the window in profile. That's not how an eight-year-old talks, but all right. I stared in awe, and that is when it changed. In one smooth moment, it reared up on its hind legs. Again, not a, not how an eight-year-old talks. It reared up. I never said anything like this when I was eight. It reared up on its hind legs. This has got Mrs. Krabappel and Principal Skinner in the closet making babies, and I saw one of the babies, and the baby looked at me energy. Yeah, um... And it was no longer a deer, but a man. There were only two men in the area, my grandfather and my dad, and it was clearly neither. It was clearly not. All right. Yeah. Not sure if that made it better or worse. Grandfather was very built for his age. Dad had a gut. The silhouette was clearly younger, muscular, but not in the like a brick way my grandfather was. Oh, and he's saying was, so this must be our later recounting. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, this silhouette was, or sorry, it exuded strength and scared the hell out of me. It stared to the side for a moment and then it strode off with purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Title of my sex tape. <laughs> Looking back, I want to tell myself that it was just the imagination of a half-awake child, but I remember the awe and the utter fear I felt when the deer changed. Okay, thank you for clarifying. Because I was like, this is not how an eight-year-old talk. It's because it's not true. Screwed off with purpose. Also, I definitely would have been in timeout if I said hell at the age of eight. So yeah, this is this is him talking about it years later. <laughs> uh, Wichita Mountains National Wildlife Refuge in Oklahoma of 2012 also reports a sighting of the deer man. Um, this time it was a man named. Oh, we have a name this time. Oh, a man named Kyle Hang was out with his friend holding a monster and crushing some. Uh, walls with his fists. What? It's like the stereotype of a guy named Kyle. Oh, oh okay. I, um, thought you, I thought you were like literally like no. reading this from an article. I'm like, no, that's so I was, specific. I was being pedantic. He was photographing the night sky when a number of wild animals, including some elk and bison, rushed past um, that led Kyle to believe that they were trying to escape something from the forest. Which is fair, okay. Yipe. Subsequently, a deathly sil- silence descended across the landsa- landscape. If I could talk, that would be great. That's <laughs> um, So the men decided to retreat and pack up their gear to their car when they heard some rustling in some long grass. And uh, they brought up their rifles and reaching the vehicle, Hang and his companion were about to drive off when a deer man emerged from the shadows and began to lurch toward them. By now, they were terrified and the men hit the accelerator and uh, sped off as fast as they could. Commenting on the encounter, Kyle Hang said, we were scared shitless. It's bleeped out. But that's <laughs> We were scared shitless. Things got even quieter when we stayed there. While while we heard an ear-piercing screech, almost a haunting screech of some sort, that made my hair stand on end and gave me goof- goosebumps. With that, we left the mountains completely. We felt as though we were not wanted there that night. The way the, the wildlife acted, the figure that we had come across with the animals had run away from, and then the scream, of which I can only find references to happens 
to be the banshee. Okay. Kyle's a little dramatic. <laughs> I cannot forget that figure we saw as well as the scream. It was not human, but it was not of any wildlife that I am familiar with myself. So the next one is the ghost deer, and the ghost deer is a supernatural deer, most commonly sighted at Mount Eddy, Northern California. And if, you know, you don't have to, I don't know, be a genius to figure out, the ghost deer is a translucent translucent entity, typically resembling a large elk, um, sighted at Mount Eddy, estimated to be 250 pounds, if it could take a physical form. Because, you know, it's a ghost. (laughs) I wonder how ghosts... Like, let's let's put on the disbelief suspenders for a second. All right, they're on. How would ghosts, like, measure themselves? Volume? In daylight. Like, it's like 200 pounds. (laughs) 200 pounds if it could assume a physical form. I suppose, I don't think ghosts would say that, like, oh, if I could assume a physical form, I'm 250 pounds. No, I, they must have a method of measurement all their own. 525,600 minutes. Uh, all right, so this uh, ghost here appears unfazed by physical pain. Because it's a ghost. Yeah. And unscathed by traditional hunting weapons and traps. Again, ghost. Uh, which... Me, which passed through the deer entirely. Ghost. (laughs) It's like these people have never seen a fucking movie. Like, what? (laughs) Uh, Okay. You know how in horror movies you're like, why are you trying to shoot the ghost? This is who's in those movies. I mean, unless it's the Winchesters and they have their special salt bullets and whatever. True. True. It can also phase in and out of human sight at will. Some people believe that this cryptid stems from tales of a large elk roaming Mount Eddy that is simply very elusive to hunters, especially those that have claimed to see it and failed to hunt it, perpetuate the belief that it is indeed a spirit. Yeah, it has nothing to do with your with your shooting, Chad. It's that it was a ghost deer. That's that's what the problem was. Here's your problem right there. Yeah, right deer. Oh my gosh, someone sent me that meme, oh, and I'm just going to read it again because it's so fucking funny. Oh gosh. But it's okay. a screenshot from some newscast, mm-hmm. and it looks like the person is holding the microphone up to the deer. And the, ca- the caption is just, oh, not much goes on out here, buddy. I run true to snow, they shoot to guns, I always get away. A bunch of hosers and orange don't bother me, none. And it's... The- <laughs> It's a deer with a news microphone in front of it. It's great. I love it. I love that. Can you send that to me? Yeah. I'm gonna send it to my favorite one of my favorite podcasts because they're from Minnesota and they make fun of their own accents all the time. Okay, here comes here's where my white people disclaimer comes in. So the next one that I wanted to talk about is the Wendigo. Have we talked about the Wendigo already? Love that guy. I think we have, but um, it's it's for you, Annie. It was all for you. So uh, it's generally found in the United States and Canada, but Native tribes in Kansas believed um, in a Wendigo creature as well because usually the northern states are the ones that host beliefs in this uh, cryptid. But um, let's see. In her book, American Monsters... 
Linda Godfrey reports that, quote, the Wendigo is one of the scariest and most widespread monsters in the lore of the North America's indigenous people, end quote. So the Chippewa, Ottawa, and Potawatomi tribes of Kansas believe that this was an evil man-eating giant human who was turned into this beast due to some sort of uh, slight or or sin or something like that. And the Chippewa believe that selfishness, gluttony, or cannibalism would turn a tribe member into the Wendigo for punishment. That's what I was going to say. The version I've always heard is it's someone who had to resort to cannibalism, and it's kind of like a, like kind of a, a kind of a manifestation of yeah. like hunger. Like the Wendigo is always hungry because yeah. it, because it did this. Yeah, 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 and still continues to like seek out human flesh. Uh, NativeLanguages.org describes the Wendigo as, quote, The appearance of a Wendigo is huge, monstrous, and made of or coated in ice, but the human it was is still frozen inside the monster where its heart should be and must be killed to defeat the Wendigo. In a few legends, a human has been successfully rescued from the heart of a Wendigo, but usually once a person has been possessed by a Wendigo spirit, the only escape is death, end quote. Uh, The Wendigo appearance differs from tribe to tribe. It can be seen in a werewolf form or as a 30 to 38 foot starving uh, ice monster with antlers and a frozen heart. There is very little left in the Wendigo's skeletal form. It is constantly hungry, like Ellie said, and its hunger can never be satisfied. Yeah, that's an important part. Um, one horrible story happened on a bus, uh, July 30th of 2008, when a man named Vincent, Vincent Wang Lee, who had been calmly sitting on the bus, suddenly attacked one of the other passengers and violently murdered him. Do you know about this? No. This is the Greyhound bus. It's called the Greyhound bus murder. It's, uh, pretty common in, like, true crime podcasts, but essentially... He attacked suddenly another passenger on this Greyhound bus very violently um, in front of all these passengers. He beheaded them and then started eating him and eating his organs. And um, some people believe that this is the manifestation of the Wendigo. According to the Toronto Sun newspaper, this happened in Canada. Creepy. Um, One can see how this behavior would keep children out of the woods. Uh... Don't eat people. It's, yeah, I find it interesting the way a lot, I mean, and this goes for any culture, including, like, settler American culture, is a lot of these stories have to do with, like, the social contract. Yeah. Right? Like, we all have to work together to have food. You know, we can't, like, violate each other's bodies by consuming each other, like, no matter how hungry we are, you'll always be hungry. Um yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it, but it also serves that kind of very elementary purpose of like, don't be a fucking moron and go out in the woods alone <laughs> at night if you're a little kid. Yeah, so um, similarly to the deer man, we have the deer lady, but this one is from some indigenous lore. So many of the Central Plains tribes, again, the Potawatomi, uh, the Creek, and the Ponca tribes believed in a fertility and love spirit in the form of a deer. Young children, that makes sense because they're like spring and like, you know. There's a lot of them. They make a lot of babies. Yeah. Young children and adults um, are taught these stories, mainly in the Sage, Pawnee, Sioux, and Bonka tribes. Um, these tribes state that they have had actual sightings of her in many forms. Sometimes she is seen in a human form as a beautiful young woman. Um, sometimes she is seen in deer form, and sometimes as both human and deer. Uh, generally, she's benign. 
Um, the deer woman is thought to help women conceive, uh, but she can also be very dangerous. Some tribes believe that she will seduce men who are adulterous or promiscuous and have them follow her out into the woods and lead them to their deaths. So kind of like a, like a siren of sorts. Goals. Or she might just leave them so lovestruck that they just pine away uh, watching her. She is said to also trample people to death, especially disobedient children or <laughs> quote unquote girl crazy young men. Uh, this angry form of the deer woman is thought to have been a young lady um, who was sexually assaulted and murdered and transformed into this type of deer woman who is understandably angry. Uh, the deer woman can also be seen as a personal transformation that one has made or as a warning of impending harm. Apparently, she's fond of dancing and may be found dancing in a community dance until the drums stop when she disappears. Um, if you find yourself confronted by an angry deer woman, she can be banished through chance or by looking at her cloven hooves. So just look at her feet, I guess. Yeah, I would I would flee if someone was looking at my hobbity ass feet. I haven't had a pedicure in like a year <laughs> or two. Um, the deer woman has characteristics of, like I said, both a siren and a succubus. Um, and the deer woman seems to have both of these parts of their story, luring men and then sleeping with them until, and makes them ill until they die. Goals. Uh, the deer, um, the deer woman lures men who are promiscuous out into the woods to their deaths. So this could be a warning for deer hunters. Um, be careful that you don't follow the deer too far into the woods. And then I have, what do I have? Two more. Next one is the Ijirat, is the mysterious shape-shifting caribou people of Inuit oral tradition. They are said to abide in mountains and caves, and they can assume the form of any an animal, but most often they, they choose to transform themselves into caribou, or at least people with the heads of caribou. Um, no matter which form they assume, their eyes are always almost, uh, red. In 1875, are you ready for this white person's title that's very inappropriate? Yeah. Here it comes. In his 1875 book, Tales and Traditions of the Eskimo, oh. Danish geologist Dr. Heinrich Rink described a number of old Inuit folktales vaguely suggest, vaguely Hold on. suggestive of the legend. That's the food. Nice. Okay, so in this book, he says that uh, some of the Inuit folktales vaguely suggest the Irijat legend, and in one of these stories, a man transformed his enemies into caribou by feeding them um, something with sprinkled hairs of caribou skin on it. That Ew. he, yeah, uh, which he got by exhuming the grave of one of his relatives. So, you know. Casual dinner date type Casual stuff. Casual dinner night. Uh, in another story in Arctic... Wow, this is Arctic Dwarf. I don't think that's... Mm. <laughs> All of these titles are real gems. Mm. In another story, an Arctic Dwarf entertained his fellow countrymen during a feast by temporarily turning himself into a caribou. A third version of the stories tells of an Inuit shaman who transformed himself into a caribou out of shame after failing to outperform a rival shaman uh, from another band or tribe. 
So the last one that I wanted to talk about is the Sunny Apu of the Okanagan Valley. It's another obs- kind of obscure indigenous Canadian legend um, that bears redem- resemblance to the Ijarat tradition, uh, except um, it's a little darker, question mark. So the legend of the Sunny Apu, which translates to the devil, um, is a hairy supernatural giant that might remind us of what we call Sasquatch in terms of its description. And uh, the monster could be perhaps just dismissed as an intriguing facet of lore, um, but it's people cite its resemblance to both or to the Idrit legend as like an interesting coincidence at the very least. First of these encounters with this creature occurred in the Hamlet of Mir, located about 32 miles northeast of the city of Red Deer. One Sunday morning in 2018, the story goes, an unnamed husband and wife, um, both of whom worked for that particular county, were driving on Road 225, and the husband um, was driving through some fog, and he had to slam the brakes for an unusually large deer, which had emerged from the haze and stand and stood in the middle of the road and gazed into the vehicles creepily. <laughs> As opposed to gazing into an, a, mis- a random vehicle in the night benignly. Yeah, the couple like stopped their car and waited for the deer to finish the fuck up and cross the street. <laughs> But instead, he stood up on its hind legs and towered over the vehicle. Hate that. The husband was, like, scared by this unnatural deer behavior. Uh, deer haver, behavior, if you will. I won't. <laughs> but the husband instinctively, like, honked the horn, which made the deer run across the road on two legs and vanish into the fog. Whoa, I hate that. Yeah, I hate that. Can you imagine seeing that? I would poop. <laughs> I would... I would legitimately just be like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're if we we're ever gonna get this car detailed, if we make it out of these fucking woods alive, <laughs> I mean, if we ever <laughs> if we ever see a deer, we're not honking at it. I don't want to see a deer stand up on its back legs and just like strut away. You gotta strut like you mean it. That's probably what the deer was thinking. And that is my episode on deer cryptids. I I am ready. Oh, God. Sorry. I accidentally opened up a TikTok because I was going to tweet the deer uh, being interviewed by the news from our (laughs) account. (laughs) Ellie is not paying attention to anything I say anymore, uh, which means it's time to wrap up the episode. Thank you for listening, everybody. Stay queer. Thank you for being a Patronodon. We appreciate your support so much. And uh, Ellie, anything to say about? Yes, if you want to see the deer meme, you should follow us on Twitter at QueerSphereSpot because I'm tweeting it. <laughs> it's really right good. Meow. It's really funny. <laughs> okay, bye. 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 bye.